Welcome to Scrappy ABM, your source for groundbreaking approaches that don't break the bank. ABM shouldn't cost 200K in tech to even get started. So if you want to get started with ABM or make your program even better without investing a massive amount of money, you're in the right place. Each week, we'll hear from the brightest minds in the marketing world who are redefining ABM, achieving incredible results with untraditional methods, limited resources, and a whole lot of creativity. This isn't a show about how much money you can spend on fancy tech or overhyped tools. Instead, it's about celebrating creative problem solving and the scrappiness it takes to get ABM right. We'll dive into how these marketing leaders built robust ABM strategies with limited resources, revealing the actionable insights that led to their biggest wins. So if you're a marketer ready to challenge the status quo and build a scalable, efficient, effective marketing strategy, Scrappy ABM is the show for you. So if you're ready to discover ABM strategies that are lean, impactful, and utterly transformative, let's dive into this episode. Hello and welcome to Scrappy ABM, your podcast for practical playbooks. Today I am joined by one of my good friends and, uh, who doesn't mind me saying, a client, Adam Shaw, who is the founder of Marketing for Founders. Adam, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Adam, I'm really excited to dig in because what I love about what you're doing is you're working directly with founders. And I love the framing of Marketing for Founders as this approach to marketing help desk. It's an IT help desk, but it is hey, you don't need this big, complicated concept and a big, complicated strategy. You really just need a tactics plan that helps you actually be successful where you are today with not this massive budget, which is like a lot of the ethos in the heart of Scrappy ABM. So I'm excited to dig into one of your most successful playbooks today. Uh, We're going to be digging into kind of this intersection of taking people from LinkedIn into owned channels through an email newsletter and how that then can be a really significant conversion driving engine. So with that, I'd love a high level tactic plan of what exactly you do to build out this program. For our founders, I'd say it's pretty important to get them into, into a, a place where they are bringing people in getting contacts and looking for people to actually reach out to. We call it the difference between active marketing and passive marketing with passive marketing being more of a running some ads, doing SEO, posting on Reddit, posting on LinkedIn, things that aren't actively getting you in front of people on a one-to-one basis and having conversations. So taking people from that passive thing, like posting or creating a newsletter and making it active by putting that newsletter into their chat with a really strong message, it lets them connect directly with their buyers. A lot of these founders don't have that ability to like really just connect immediately with tons of buyers in their market, mostly because sometimes they aren't really subject matter experts. They don't have a huge network of potential buyers. So they need to be able to reach out and have those one-on-one conversations and push them into, like you said, like owned media, like a newsletter or something where you have control over what is getting sent to them. What I'm hearing from you is it's essentially identifying audience, then getting more intentional with how do we reach out to that audience with the goal being converting them into an owned media channel. Am I understanding that correctly? That's correct. Awesome. So as we started really that first part of identifying your audience, like how do you help these founders start to find these best fit potential customers using LinkedIn? So I suggest that they use LinkedIn Sales Nav. It's a it costs a few bucks. I think it's like seventy five to one hundred dollars, something like that. But what you want to do is get as specific as possible by 
filtering out people based on the company, the industry, the geography, their job titles, how long they've been at companies potentially. So you can go and look and see at who might actually have the sway that you want inside mm -hmm. of a company. I also recommend kind of whittling down your audience by making your lead magnet like your newsletter extremely specific. The people who you want to talk to will opt themselves into a specific newsletter that's going to help them and provides a similar outcome to using your product. So that's how I recommend people find their audience. It's practical targeting as well as making people self-select into your newsletter based on the content of the newsletter itself. So as we're thinking through the actual offer that we're sending people towards, mm -hmm. it wouldn't be hard to make a, a scrap ABM newsletter. It's not Hey, these are, this is a scrap ABM newsletter. It would be, here's a step-by-step -step guide every single week on how you can build a scrappy ABM program designed for marketing directors. Yeah. And that exactly. granularly specific. Yeah. If I were to do an outbound LinkedIn messaging campaign for scrappy ABM's newsletter, I would probably have a line that says something very close to that. Hey, so-and-so I made a newsletter for bootstrapped demand generation managers to do ABM on less than $2,000 a month. Check it out. Let me know what you think. Because that is going to be a really specific group of people. It's going to bring your audience way down. But at the end of the day, especially in a service like yours, you don't need a million customers. Like how many yachts can you water ski behind? If you have 20 really good customers, you're good to go. Yeah, I love that example. So again, we're using LinkedIn sales now to really hone in on the audience. Uh, are there any other kind of specific pieces that you would look at from a targeting perspective to identify those that will actually engage and have the potential to see even the message in the first place? Yeah. In the, LinkedIn sales nav, there's a section called recent updates and there's three of them. There's changed jobs, there's posted recently, and then there's in the news doesn't really do anything except tell you people who have been well in the news. However, the job change and the recently posted tell you that they've done something on LinkedIn, either changed their job or posted something. Of course, there are people who go on LinkedIn every day who have never put a job change in or at least not within the last 90 days and they don't post. But Usually you're going to have enough people who have done either of those two things to guarantee that you're not wasting your time and your connection requests and your emails on people who are never going to check them. I love that, especially as somebody that has operated without LinkedIn sales now for quite some time. There's a point where I'm sending out like hundred connection requests on a weekly basis and only getting 20 accepted. And it just takes mm -hmm. time. It's just, it's a really time intensive thing. So that criteria that helps increase your likelihood of actually being successful with people that will accept and engage huge time saver. So now we've found the right people. We have a high likelihood that when we send them a connection request that they will engage. The next question is, what are we sending in that connection request that would actually have them accept something? So I actually haven't found a big difference between putting something in the request message and not putting anything in. Interestingly enough, and we've run this test over the past like six months, we used to do a lot of LinkedIn lead gen for our customers. We don't do that service as much anymore, but we've probably sent 10,000 messages in the last six to seven months. And there was no difference on our end if you included something or if you didn't. It's a personal preference. For me, I include a little note like, hey, connecting for founders to, sh to share bootstrapped SaaS marketing tricks. My sales director, Sarah, she does most of the same messaging as me throughout her LinkedIn, but she doesn't include a connection request. And the 
there's no difference in how many customers we're getting from either one. So really, it sounds like if there is no real, like very tangible, very specific, very tactical reason to leave a message, it's having mm -hmm. almost no impact. But if like, yeah. maybe hypothetically, you saw somebody that made a post that was like, I'm really struggling with XYZ things and you reach out regarding the post that they made, mm -hmm. that would probably increase the likelihood of converting on the Oh yeah, that I would. If I have like a really specific reason that I'm reaching out to somebody beyond just like a prospecting group thing that I'm saying to like 150 people a week, then yeah, I'd probably call that out. The reason I say that is I feel like if you can be super genuine and hyper-targeted with it, do it. If you can't, then there just really isn't that much of a benefit or a loss if you're sending anything. I feel like for most people who aren't like doing tons of messaging work and aren't inherently very good message writers or copywriters, probably don't include anything because if you're not good at it, the chances are you might make it sound too salesy. Mine is all about sharing. Mine is, like I said, sharing tips and tricks. It's not, I help bootstrap founders do marketing. That immediately sounds like I'm going to sell them something versus just sharing like a piece of content, which is what I do anyway. One thing that I think probably has a bigger impact, no data on this, but this is just kind of my perception of things, is what your LinkedIn description is under your name when you send it. If I almost like, this is just a personal thing, but almost every time when I read that and I see like business development or lead generation, I'm like, I'm getting sold to for sure. I'm just going to not do this. Um, if I have, if I see something that looks very cool, like, I help people do X, Y, and Z, or just an interesting job description that they do, or like just something that they like. I'm way more interested in doing it. Actually, I shouldn't say it makes me more interested. It just makes me neutral on it. It doesn't hurt. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a great call out of just even recognizing titles. I guess there's a question there of like, do you recommend that people maybe have a different quick title change if like they are business development? How do you address that if you are somebody that is that mm -hmm. actual title? Yeah, uh, you don't want to fake it or anything like your actual job title should be the right thing. It's a little description of your job title that pops up under your profile. I forget exactly what they call it in LinkedIn. Something that mentions what your company does to help people, helping founders do better marketing. I know in mine it says founders need better marketing support. Get it in my newsletter. So it's just immediate like a give right away. So that helps a lot. If you don't have anything that you feel comfortable saying, like I help people do blah, 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 maybe do it like I do, which is make a statement. Marketers need better support. If you're selling MarTech or actually Scrappy ABM, if you're selling Scrappy ABM, maybe you put something like demand generation leads shouldn't be spending $10,000 a month on ABM. If I saw that when I was a demand generation lead at the, the software companies that I was at, I would think that, oh, that's cool. I want to connect to that person. They probably have similar thoughts as I do because I also believe that thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting framing because currently my LinkedIn headline says account-based programs for revenue teams without a 200K tech stack. So mm -hmm. like it's very specific, but it's yep. not It's not like a call that's like you shouldn't or you need. It's yeah, just like I like what I do. Yeah, I like that one. It's very descriptive. It's very obvious to the person what it is. But I think that's also another thing about business development too. It's like, I don't even know what you're selling and you're, I already know they're going to sell me at least for yours. <laughs> if somebody agrees with you, they immediately or need that thing. They see your description. You're like, Oh, that's exactly what I need right now. Yeah. Okay.
So being very cognizant of essentially what your headline is, I'm also a huge fan of just not having it be the title. Like I could easily do founder of Scrappy ABM, but like, who really cares if I'm being yeah. honest? Um, I always tell my founders this. I, I call the folks over at Marketing for Founders my founders. It's like a weird thing, but I always tell my founders this: like nobody cares about you, like legit, especially our founders, because their company, like most of the founders that I work with are well under a million dollars a year in revenue. They're trying to get there. That's the whole point of marketing for founders is going from zero to one. And I get founders really anxious about their brand that's been around for three weeks. And they go, what if it destroys my brand? I'm like, okay, two things are going to happen if you send out this message that you're concerned about. One, they like it and they sign up for a demo or they buy your product. Two, they continue to not know who you are and not care. There is no damage that could possibly be done unless you are being like, actually hurtful to them in which case can't help you with that so just consider that like your brand you're not going to hurt your brand you probably don't have one brands come and go people really care about how you're going to help them in that moment they have people have these problems in their day-to-day -day. like they just don't care about you and what you're doing they really care about like i'm totally screwed because of this thing and if you're if you happen to hit that nail on the head you're in yeah i really love the recognition of it. it's one thing to just like the linkedin post that you've see if somebody complaining about like, oh i got this message that said it looks like we both breathe air do you have 15 minutes to talk like, obviously not that of just like asking for time without any value but if you're leading with here's a valuable piece of information that i think is very relevant and timely for you because we've gotten so specific on our audience mm -hmm. like, there's nothing that you can do that would cause someone to be upset about that unless you damage the reputation post whatever that is right We've identified the audience. We've figured out what do we even say in that first place of the connection? And then once they've accepted, how do we follow up? <laughs> and being really specific with our headlines of don't say founder at whatever or business development at whatever. Talk about the value that you can specifically provide. Do you have any recommendations around a content template for the actual message that is sent with the value offer? Yeah, I have three things that I include in my messages. One is a one to two line description of what I'm giving them. For me, it's a newsletter. Hey, and so I made a newsletter to help mark, help founders do better marketing on their own without spending a bunch of money on consultants. Check it out. Let me know what you think. I almost always finish it with, let me know what you think, or did this help? Or let me know if you're going to implement this because I want them to respond. I want them to do the thing, which is go sign up for my newsletter so I have their email address. But I really want to start a conversation. I want them to say something back to me. Hey, Adam, this is mm -hmm. super helpful. And then if they say, hey, this is super helpful, I follow that up with, that's awesome. We help founders every day do better marketing on their own without spending thousands of dollars on consultants. I'd love to show you marketing for founders and see if it might be a good fit for you. That works really well. Even if they say no, they don't feel like they were just pitched to because I was simply escalating what I what they already told me that they want. If somebody wants my newsletter, and this is really important when it comes to lead magnets in general, but specifically with my newsletter, if somebody wants my newsletter bad enough to put their email address in, at that point, it just becomes, do you want more information and help bad enough that you would pay for it? Sometimes they say no, but sometimes they say, yeah. Newsletter isn't enough, need more, willing to pay for it. There's suddenly have a customer. And I really love the framing that you gave at the beginning of give something so valuable that you would receive the same benefit as if it was your product. Like mm -hmm. it's a, it really feels like it's a content led, but almost product led growth motion. For like, me, it is because is... my service is giving help. So anyway, yeah. I, whenever I give help, it is 
product led. My product is help. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I love that. So we've gotten really specific on the offer and then it makes a really clear conversion point. Is there something that you are doing based on any level of engagement that is an outreach or are you just really waiting on them to, to download the newsletter once you've seen them download or not download, sorry, once you've seen them opt in for the newsletter, mm -hmm. are you just reaching out and saying thank you? And then that motion of like, hey, if I can be more helpful, let me know. What yeah. does that actual conversion point look like once they've signed up for the newsletter? When they sign up for the newsletter, they get my first one, which is a little bit more broad than most of my newsletters are. We can get into this if we want, but I recommend doing like hyper-specific newsletters because you can just keep making them over and over again. My first one's a little bit more broad. It's called, you don't need a marketing plan. But what I start with on that is if you want to keep getting this email, reply, I'm in. So they reply to me and they say, I'm in. I say, that's awesome. What made you want to get extra marketing help for my newsletter? Hmm. You, you'd be shocked the responses I'll get five paragraphs from some people. And what's funny about this, or maybe not funny is it's like founders don't have the space to vent about this stuff and say, I need all this help. So this may be the first time anybody's literally anybody's ever asked them what's wrong <laughs> right now. Yeah. And it's interesting how personal they get with, I'd love to do all this stuff, but I can't because this thing happening in my personal life and the business is really hard and I just don't have the time to get through all this. And I might respond back, Hey, we can help you prioritize this stuff and build a plan so you don't have to worry about all the external pieces when it comes to the marketing. We're going to tell you what to do. And it turns into a potential customer. I love that's a very unique way of essentially having a double opt-in for your email newsletter of like, hey, because it's also a, a filtering criteria to make sure they actually read the content. Because that's I'm right. Yeah. So like our like, open rate is incredibly high, right? Like our open rate's almost 70% because we force people to double opt-in. So again, they download it in the first place or they opt in the first place. You get them to say, hey, if you want more like this, say mm -hmm. I'm in. And then that fosters a conversation when you have a clear follow-up and a clear reason to say, hey, thanks for, for being in. Why? Mm -hmm. Whereas I think a lot of content offers and a lot of content downloads, somebody downloads it and then they just get put into a drip nurture sequence right. until they hit a certain lead score. This is very active and very engaged. That's I think that's yeah. super smart. I talk about the difference between active marketing and passive marketing a lot. And I think I mentioned mm -hmm. already in this podcast even. And yeah, anything that you can do to go and have those direct conversations, especially when you're like scrappy and you don't have the budget to go and just like paint the town with ads. You need to have those one-to-one -one conversations. If you're doing ABM, it's basically the entire point of it, right? It's how do you have the most conversations or the most decision makers as fast as you possibly can and push them into a funnel with a salesperson. Having this active angle of go conversation is going to work a lot better than slapping like, to your point. I think with yours is not having a huge tech stack. You need to go have conversations with people. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. If I walk through the high level of you need sales nav, the ability to send an email newsletter, the ability to send DMs. That's really it, it sounds like. Is there anything else that I'm missing from a tech perspective? I don't think so. I'm just trying to think of what else I use. We're pretty low. We're pretty low tech. We're not yet on Beehive, but Beehive is where I let my newsletter or where my newsletter is moving and where I have most of my founders do their newsletters. It's on HubSpot right now because I just, I had HubSpot and I, it was just easier for me to implement it to start with. Yeah. Uh, but now that my newsletter is something that generates a lot of income for us, we want to make it better and better. So Beehive is the way to go for that for us. We use an automation platform called Sales Connector to do all of our LinkedIn outreach. There's one called Ulink that has a very similar interface and same kind of like 
positives for that. I don't recommend Sales Connector for the average Joe who wants to set it and forget it. It's really not for that. It's way more complicated version to do a lot more customization. But really, if you're doing a hardcore LinkedIn, ABM, outbound campaign, trying to get your lead magnets in front of people, yeah, having some platform to host a lead magnet and then having a automation tool so you don't have to be constantly connecting and messaging people manually is super helpful. Yeah. And I'll just give a plug for the tech that I'm using because I'm actually running a very similar playbook around. I use Ample Market for my LinkedIn outbound, and then I push the podcast. And also I use SendFox for automated email sends. So I'm sending out right. a weekly email with all of our podcast episodes. So mm-hmm. that's the uh, playbook that I'm running. And I think I've had very similar open rates and engagement then to you. So as far as any unexpected roadblocks, like what have been the challenges you've had to overcome to make this successful? Yeah, biggest challenges are just knowing when to turn off and or like pivot on some of this stuff. LinkedIn messaging over time, what people care about and want to hear changes. It actually changes pretty fast too. Like when I first started doing a lot of this LinkedIn outbound, it was all hard sells and it was doing great. And then suddenly that fell off a cliff. Had to change it, focusing more on the lead magnets. It's awesome. Lead magnets are starting to come down a little bit, but I think it's just my messaging around it, uh, which is fine. So starting to test a little bit of new messaging angle testing new lead magnets like my monthly office hours that's the most engaging lead magnet we have now so we're just angling more towards that and then now even more so than it has in the past my step-by-step guides you know i had a viral post recently that got forty thousand impressions it got 300 comments and i connected with over 150 new founders who wanted a guide and i had a one-on-one conversation with them because to get the guide they had to dm me and it that type of content is really popular right now. So yeah, you just need to be able to pivot quickly and be okay with it. The things like not working and just stopping them or scaling them when they do work. I love it. Last couple of questions. What were the results that you've been able to generate so far just from this playbook? Yeah. So the lead magnets generate about 10 K a month for me, which is awesome. That's a recurring revenue side of things. And then completely cold inbound obviously is another layer for us, but it's hard to tell if that's coming from lead magnets or anything else. This playbook for you, solid 10K a month in yep. rec- monthly recurring revenue. Yep. And like, what is your current ACV? It's like annual is like 12,000, maybe. No, less than that, 8,000. We're talking like 10 customers from this? Yeah. Yeah. 10 customers a month, pretty consistently coming from our lead gen, maybe another one or two coming in from cold. But what's funny is we actually end up finding out later on. I saw your guide on Reddit. And it was really cool. It's like two months after they signed on, they'll say something like that. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Good yeah. to know. So again, what I really want to hone in on is it's not just like, oh yeah, we generated 10K a month in clients, but it's 10K mm-hmm. a month every month. So this is a very oh, compounding yeah. opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. These lead magnets are, it's compounding. We're not just doing single one-off 10K a month clients here. It's recurring revenue. I love it. Okay. Before we close out, anything else that you want to share with the audience about getting started with ABM? Yeah. I think the number one thing is go make your list and really focus in on the problems that they have and know how to talk to them about it. That's the biggest thing. And don't spend a boatload of money on it. Preaching to the choir. Adam, thanks so much for joining me today. If people want to find out more about you, where can they find you? 
Yeah, they can find me at LinkedIn. Just search for Adam Shaw Marketing for Founders. You can also find me on the Marketing for Founders podcast. And I will definitely plug my scrappy bootstrap founder marketing help newsletter at marketingforfounders.com forward slash newsletter. I love it. Again, Adam, thanks so much for joining me today. This has been Scrappy ABM. We hope you all enjoyed. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Scrappy ABM. If you enjoyed this week's episode, go ahead and give us a follow so that you don't miss a single episode. We drop every single Monday so that you can start your week off right. And if you're looking for additional great content just like this, go check out ScrappyABM.com. We're building a library of frameworks, guides, templates, processes, and tools so you have everything that you need to build a low-budget, high-impact Scrappy program. Again, thank you for listening to this episode of Scrappy ABM. This has been your host, Mason Cosby, and we look forward to seeing you in the next one.